Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Dice Lords, the Cthulhu Files, as we delve into Masks of Nyarlathotep. This is our third session in the Peru chapter. Last session, our heroes went on a little shopping trip, got themselves some good stuff uh, to take into the Andean highlands with them in search of this lost pyramid. And then they had an appointment to meet with Professor Nemesio Sanchez at the university, um, who they hoped could shed a little bit of light, perhaps, on the object of their quest. Unfortunately, things did not go well. Uh, much, much hideous murder and mayhem happened at the Museum of Archaeology, where the professor's office is, was. His uh, assistant, 19-year-old undergrad, Trinidad Rizzo, was taking a while bringing some things up from the archive room in the basement. So several of our investigators went looking for her. And oh, they found her. They found her in an emaciated state with a circular wound carved or cut or perhaps bitten into her chest. And all of her fats and vital fluids had been sucked out. Sounding much like the attack of the Karasiri, the white vampires that our heroes had recently learned of. And in fact, um, the notes that they found on Trinidad's body were her transcription of an old uh, conquistador's uh, final confessions in which he discussed... Were you going to say something, John? Or are you, no. Were you just illustrating? No, no, I'm, I'm just, what I'm doing? Okay. okay. No, ignore me. <laughs> but you had a question there. I'll ignore you. Um, in which he described how he and his fellow soldiers had found an ancient pyramid in the Andean highlands. And several of them had apparently removed a piece of gold from the walls of the pyramid, at which point many of them seemed to change into these horrible, hungry, for human flesh creatures and began a murderous rampage. One of those, the notes said, was named Luis de Mendoza, whom our investigators had in fact met the day before the companion of Augustus Larkin, the man who was is the uh, benefactor of this expedition. And uh, they were already fairly suspicious of Senor de Mendoza. Um, but in addition to these notes, they found, in fact, in a broken crate, a length of gold with strange symbology carved into it. Uh, upstairs, meanwhile, a janitor was murdered and the janitor closet was set on fire presumably as a distraction, because as all of our investigators were elsewhere, glass shattered in the professor's office. They all converged in the office at the same time and found the professor on the floor with a perfectly circular wound around his mouth, oozing with some sort of burning, viscous fluid. And Rocco, uh, afraid that he was about to turn into a vampire, shot him in the head without further investigation or exclamation. So... Um, our heroes made well, heroes made their way back to the hotel where uh, I believe they decided they were going to lay low for a little while. It was Saturday afternoon when this happened. The expedition leaves first thing Monday morning. So they've got Saturday evening and Sunday to kill and uh, well to kill and um, try not to be arrested or murdered or turned into vampires so uh is it safe to say you all just sort of went to bed that night and uh um intended to uh get up the next day and um 
maybe make some plans, uh, maybe have some conversations, hang around the hotel for a while. Simple enough to order in room service for dinner that night. Uh, Michael, can we assume that you set your uh, your can or your glass on the doorknob as usual? Every night. Every night. <laughs> Absolutely, Miri. Can I order some champagne? Absolutely. You could have done whatever you like. And um, you can all settle in. The the you know the evening goes uh, without event. You wake up the next morning, and Elaine and Lydia, when you awaken, you notice that Dolores is not on the sofa in your room. Although there is an impression in the pillow where his head lay, and it almost looks as though the blankets he had covered with just sort of folded down where he was. And there is that um, faint yet somewhat familiar. Um, lingering scent of ozone in the air. Nope. Guess she's, uh, he's off to somewhere. Oh, not again. I hope I hope he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Norm. Hello. Hi, Norm. Okay, um, um... Three cats on stream. Currently, for right. count them. That's all right, all right. the guarantee of two. Four cats. Four, five. Uh, five cats. Uh, 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 uh. The most cats on any real play stream right now on the internet. I don't know where my cat is. I'm failing you. No, no, that's why I have two, so that we oh, have okay, an extra. If like, okay, okay. Yeah. we have parity with cats. Well. I hope that Dolores gets back quickly, um, but I've got to get to my makeup routine, so if you'll excuse me. Yeah, of course, of course. Lydia just kind of like stretches and wakes up and goes through the actions of yesterday. Um, I forget, did Rocco, Rocco and, and um, I cannot remember John's character's name to save my life. Um, Michael. Michael. Uh, they're they're bunking or something together, right? Along with Jackson Elias, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. So yeah, Lydia is going to go about her morning routine. Um, going to double check all of her personal items just to make sure that like goodbye. She's ready to roll for anything, and uh, might. Might take a peek outside of the room to see if there's anything sus. Nothing spooky going on in the Ellie's hallway. only gotten morning. to her. Hooray! Love it. <laughs> Upon awakening, Jackson will take the opportunity to call down to the desk and order up some uh, room service for breakfast. Mimosas. Oh yeah, I should do that. Along with uh, a couple of newspapers. Um, See what also the important. what the local news might be. Um, one of the newspapers is the local Spanish language paper, and the other is the English language paper that uh, is published in town. Uh, Michael, would you like to take a look at the Spanish paper and just sort of see if uh, anything is is coming together in your head for you? Sure, why not? Oh, that's a failure. That's a 90 out of 9. Yeah. 
it's, it's kind of rough. Points? Some words. <laughs> you want to spend some real quick points, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, you can pick some words out here and there, but it's um, as far as as being coherent, um, yeah. it, it's going to take some more practice for you. Uh, but the English language paper, obviously, um, is useful now. Just as in Shanghai, the the English paper here is is largely considered to be something of a of a gossip rag. Um, they tend to have more fanciful stories, more um, sordid details, and so forth. But uh, oh. you do notice above the fold a uh, very prominent article that catches your eye, and I'm going to share that with you now. Oh, is it about uh, an incident that happened? <laughs> hmm. Are we all in the same it, room? I mean, you can be when you're finished here. When you finish yeah, let's routines. just say we are. <clears throat> Mayhem at the museum. Museo de Echo. At the un- you failed your Spanish. How's that working for you? <laughs> Museo de Arqueológica y Antropológica at Universidad Nacional Mayor de San Marcos in Cine of Gruesome Triple. Is seen. Oh, is seen of. It's just in Is Cine of Gruesome Triple Professor, an undergraduate student, and a maintenance employee are all dead following an orgy. <laughs> Of shocking violence. Oh, of shocking violence. Um, <laughs> all dead following an orgy, period. Yep. Well, the mating habits, you know. Uh, of shocking violence that marred an otherwise peaceful Saturday morning at the university uh, museum. Uh, police report that Professor uh, Nemesio Sanchez and his 19-year-old assistant, Trinidad Rizzo, and 32-year-old custodian Emilio Marcello all died within a short span of time, each under very different but equally horrifying circumstances. <laughs> Death descended upon right, right. Rizzo in the basement archive. Reports indicate that her body was found in a state of unusually accelerated decomposition, as though she had somehow mummified alive. A gaping wound had been inflicted on her torso, indications which are reminiscent of the local legends of the white vampires, known as the Karisiri. It appears that an artifact of unknown nature was also taken from the storeroom where she was found. Uh, Mr. Margello was stabbed in the first floor staff hallway, uh, run through the heart with a large blade reportedly like a sword or saber of some sort. Professor Sanchez was found in the office, shot through the forehead as though as though executed. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Strange burns were detected around his mouth as well as some sort of caustic residue of unknown origin. An anonymous source has shared that his autopsy revealed a maggot-like creature roughly the size of an adult male's fist which had seemingly crawled down his esophagus and lodged into the stomach. When it was removed from the abdomen, it seemed to grew... It seems that it grew aggressive and attacked the coroner eh, who managed to kill it with a bone saw. A museum employee reported that at the time of the murders, a group of Americans were meeting with the professor in his office. Although it appears no records was kept of their names, the same employee stated that they were witnessed one of the Americans, a well-dressed, extremely attractive young woman covered in blood and in the very act of murdering Mr. Mancello. Um, fortunately, then the 40s... <laughs> unfortunately, when the 40s arrived at the scene, the Americans appeared to have escaped through the professor's shattered office window. 
I'm well, well, well. Young woman, that could be anyone. <laughs> An oh, American boy. woman. That could be anyone. Good thing none of us are American. A well-dressed, extremely attractive young woman covered in blood. <laughs> Good thing I'm not covered in blood now. Goals, you know, honestly. <laughs> Goals. To be remembered as such. <laughs> I'm so glad I made the paper. <laughs> I don't see you under there at all. It's true. Let's see. Uh, well-dressed, extremely attractive young woman covered in blood. And not. no, I don't see a mundane-looking man anywhere in this article. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> Jackson okay, reads well. the uh, Spanish-language paper as well, and it... It gives similar facts without all the gory details. Um, it, it does seem to have a, a fairly accurate uh, physical description of your group in it as well. Got it. Cool. Oh, wait, it, for the whole group? Mm -hmm. Oh. It names your genders. Um, it says that there are five um, Caucasian Americans and one tall african-american gentleman i'm gonna grab my frumpiest outfit out of the closet <laughs> wear a headscarf you know like in the, the like ones they tie around their head like, like a on a motorcycle yeah that kind upon reading the uh the american well, as unattractive as possible sorry mundane Upon reading the, the story in the English language paper, you know, Jackson kind of bites his lip and furrows his brow and says, Hey, listen, Rocco, um, Lydia, I'm sorry about the altercation we had in the room here last night. Rocco, I, I was shocked at what happened, but if, if the story's true, if that thing was in him, uh, I think you did what you had to do. I I normally I it's it's been a long time since I murdered anybody at all ever um unless I've been provoked or I need to defend myself and this is just a moment where I was not feeling very well and I thought the situation called for decisive action and I, you know I I normally am not the guy with the decisive action I normally wait but um yeah I'm I, proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I don't, I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm really off my nut or anything. I mean, it's just no, um, no, dude, you got to it before I did. I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to ask questions. This is just all very scary and the vampire thing and traveling over here and getting through all this nastiness and I, I just, I, I hope that uh, moving forward, I, I don't have to do that again. I don't want to. I, oh, I don't no. like it. I didn't find any sort of satisfaction, gratification, or otherwise in, in, in what I did. I am, I, I, I thank you. I appreciate the the, the understanding, though. He holds yeah. out his hand to shake your hand. Vigorous shake. And, and Lydia, uh, no hard feelings for hitting me with the book. Thank you. I appreciate that. You were beating up our friend here, so I, I know it, there was a lot of heat of the moment. I'm glad we were that all I losing didn't... it a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. Glad that uh, that I didn't really hurt you. Most happens. We've all whacked one of our friends before, especially yeah. in this group. 
Uh, Elaine will sit next to Rocco and just kind of give him a little back scratches. Oh, I feel so nice. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I mean, I'm not feeling great having murdered somebody, but I'm feeling better than I did. Even no. though if I get that sort of attention, I might have to consider it. Jackson looks around and says, is, is Dolores coming along? Is he not feeling well? What's, uh... Out on business. I don't. I don't think it's a very good idea for any of us to be wandering around the city, especially alone He's right now. Not wandering around here. Yeah. Uh, not following you. It's better you don't ask. <sighs> when I say that, you should trust me. It's just weird. Or you Is could take that approach. Yes. He gonna catch up with us? Maybe. Probably not today. Usually, eventually. You're a you're a curious group. You wouldn't believe us if we told you some curious things, so you should be kind of okay with it. I'm I'm gonna have to start trusting you all. That is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As long as you think Dolores is gonna be okay. He's probably all right. Should be fine. Very definitive of you both. We'll find out soon enough. Usually he's fine. I, we actually haven't run into an incident where he's done this and not been okay. Okay. Well, what do you all th think we should do uh, as far as this expedition goes? What's what's our course of action? Things seem a little No talking until coffee. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's a great question. I think probably just keep getting ready for our exciting hike. Hmm. But, you know, lay low. We've done it before. You Do ordered we... coffee, right? Yes, there's coffee and I got you mimosas as well, which I think you had mentioned you wanted earlier. I yelled it down the hall, yeah. Which, uh... <laughs> is the coffee... Do you drink the coffee before the mimosa or after the mimosa? I think like one sip of each. Okay. Mix it up. Just mix them. Let me yeah. know when it's okay to talk. Is the coffee here? Yes. Yeah, everything's there. Oh, I thought we were waiting until I got here. Okay. You can keep talking while I sip. Something important. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just so important that you have to establish that the coffee's already here. Just <laughs> role playing, man. Details, like details. details are important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they make the story. I That's just funny. Well, <laughs> my my question was more about like, okay, the Rizzo's notes saying that this gold, and he he picks up the the piece of gold that he brought with him. Presumably, was pried out of the pyramid, right? And that initiated this vampire plague. Maybe. Hmm. Like, what's? Hmm. Are we gonna try and do something about that? I feel I have a bad feeling it's gonna follow us anyway. So, if I'm honest. This vampire plague has been around for 
quite a long time, right? A few hundred years? Yeah, I mean, if it happened in the 1500s... Um, Half a millennia? We're talking going on 400 years now. Yeah. So you think that returning this stolen item to where it was found might make the gods happy and this plague will just end? Look, I don't know. I'm just going off of what we have in the notes, in the newspaper, from the weirdness that you say that you've experienced. Maybe? It's, I'm not doubting you. Like, trust me, I'm sure the, like, the simplest solution can sometimes be the most obvious one. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Uh, question. Um, our employer and the supposed vampire that he's working with, what were their names again? Augustus Larkin. Augustus. Is and... the um, benefactor of the trip. Yeah. And Luis de Mendoza. Luis, okay. So, I feel like I am under the inclination to believe that Luis is the one who made the attacks the other day. And he may have tried to take the gold. The question is, why? What is he doing with it if he was? Because if he is a vampire and the gold didn't like him, what does he gain by returning the gold? Is he trying to stop it himself? If so, why did he perpetrate the attacks in the way he did? Maybe he's trying to stop it from getting into the hands that could stop this vampire plague. And this was his first attempt, and he didn't know that he would react that way? I'm just trying to figure out his motivations. Like, is he hoping to go back to the pyramid to make it worse? I don't know. Question... Um, for Jackson, how common of a name is Luis de Mendoza in a Spanish-speaking country such as Peru? I mean, I'm certain Luis is a fairly common name. De Mendoza doesn't seem like it would be that unusual. It's hard to say. I mean, if... All right, if all of this is true and de Mendoza is a conquistador... Obviously, it's a Spanish name. Um, mm -hmm. I was just curious what, you know, because we're drawing a lot of similarities between the two, and I was just wondering if there could be a fluke here that we should be considering. Mm. A different Luis de Mendoza. Mm -hmm. ah. An ancestor, perhaps. Well, or just a different one altogether from a different lineage. I mean, the name may have just been adopted to suit an alias too. Excellent right? Point. Like Luis de Mendoza is a known quantity. There is stories about this. Obviously, like, there is records of this man who perpetrated it. Someone could just be using it as you know, to create some sort of smokescreen in a sense, right? Like, play up this fact. It could be misleading. It might be true. We don't we don't know yet. So... But I like your line of reasoning. I like listening to some reason in the middle of all of this. I really have no reason to offer. I'm just looking at this newspaper, and Professor Nemesio sounds like Professor Nemesis, and I think I did the right thing. 
Hard to fault that logic. No, I, I, I have been betrayed by anime friend, and now every name looks suspicious to me. That's what that's I thought reasonable. when I met Jackson, actually. Oh dear. Understandable. Your name kind of sounds like uh, alias. Oh. I guess it does. It's not. It's not anime, though. <laughs> like, Elias is a common name. <laughs> Sorry, anime just still cracks me up. <laughs> We just went so, like, we caught on that the name was weird, and we latched onto it for the wrong reason. Completely oh, disarmed. Like, that's so funny. That's so weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Okay, so we can guess that these Karasiri have some kind of a weird allergy to gold to the point where their skin burns off upon like close contact i mean it Obvi could be the the runes carved into it as well yeah i guess that's true are both yeah. valid have we looked at the runes have we like been able to assume some kind of spell behind them Is i made a check that implied that there may be something of that nature to it but I'm not I don't have like an expertise in magic necessarily right you determined that they're not translatable they're not it's yeah. not a language mm -hmm. but they there was enough familiarity with runes that you were familiar of and in connection with your studies of cults of Nyarlathotep as well that there was some recognition there. Perhaps the two of you, uh, Lydia and Michael, can head to a local library and maybe find evidence of these runes. In... We're laying low because we are associated with a murder. Where is that? There's, it's mildly inconvenient. Well, we could... I've definitely died here before. We could you know, alter our outer personas. You've definitely what? Dyed hair? Like, I dyed oh, my own oh, hair before? You said you've dyed here before. No, no, I haven't dyed here. Okay. Uh, I have. No. Not here. Okay. <laughs> Just assume that if you heard something weird from us, it's correct. Okay. I will not okay. be repeating. Rocco says a lot. I know you're typically stuff. like. I personally yeah, think I would correct. look great as a blonde. I think I could pull off blonde really easily, actually. Oh yeah, I can see that. Get you some finger waves. Oh, it's a shame Dolores isn't here. I'm sure he would, would love this. Delight at the first opportunity to disguise us. Anyway, um. I'm not mentioned in the paper, as far as I can tell. Is that in the Spanish-speaking paper? We we have. Oh. It gives a, a pretty fair description of all of us. 
Okay, well, I used to wear a lot of disguises when I was a rum runner, so um, I will do myself up as not myself and head on to the library to see if I can do some more research on these Vampiro Blanco. Can I make an appearance roll to uh, attempt to change my makeup so I look a little less Caucasian? Yeah, sure. It wouldn't require anything too difficult. You got a hard success. Yeah. So you know how to use your makeup. So, yeah, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I've done that. You're, you're going to try and make yourself look a little more local. Yeah, you know, change, like, skin color. Not like too much, color. but just a mm -hmm. little bit. Sure. Look more tanned. A little more tan, yeah. Use bronzer. Yeah, Lydia is going to probably just do herself up. She's short enough that when she dresses in, like, men's clothing, she kind of becomes a little more unnoticeable. Rocco, would you like me to alter or add some makeup? Yes, please. Do me up, please. I would love to look more beautiful. So, in this regard, would I make an appearance roll for would Rocco, or would I? I mean, you got a hard success. I think that'll cover both of you. Okay, cool. Michael, you need any makeup? You feeling confident? I don't know. I'll put on a pair of glasses. I'm kind of lucky that every Caucasian male looks like me. I suppose you're right. Pretty damn generic. If I can point out maybe a small flaw in your plan here, Elaine. Um, none of you speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I'm rather noticeable uh, if I'm with all of you, especially. I think we should just lay low. Honestly. Okay. I don't think we're yeah, going we can... get anything useful for the risk we're taking. <sighs> I'm just sort of concerned into sort of what we're walking into because either we go along with them, uh, Augustus and De Mendoza, or we trail them. One of those is going to be easier than the other, but also we are a lot more susceptible if things go sideways, if we're kind of in their care. Yeah. You all didn't want to seem to indicate to them that we had any sort of suspicion of them yet either. Though. Yeah. I don't think we Correct. want to feel that. I don't know if they know that it was us at the museum either. They may. That may have been like what provoked it, but they also mm. tried to take the gold. So maybe it was somewhat of a coincidence. It's hard to say. To be fair, we also don't know for sure that it was De Mendoza, right? I mean, there's yes, a cult of Karasiri, presumably. Uh, that is true. Maybe De Mendoza is an associate with this cult. Or maybe he's just an angry guy. Maybe. It'd be cool if it was that simple. Implying that it never is, yeah? It never is. It's never simple in the way we Not... want it to be simple. Yeah. We keep trying for it, but it just never seems to pan out that way. 
I mean, like in hindsight, the the perpetrator on the cruise, that was kind of simple. It was just the same guy. I guess that's but true. It wasn't simple but... until we figured it out, but like I said, not simple. Yeah, the but there was still a man who dissolved into bugs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm talking great. about. You all have had a very different experience of simple than I have. My entire body of work, all the books I've written, are based on the fact that I've always been able to find rational, mundane solutions behind supernatural events. Hmm. How quaint. Yeah, well, uh, sorry to shatter that. I mean, on the other hand, there's there's a possibility here that you will stay alive because you're closer to us. I wasn't getting that from everything you had said to this point, but okay. I mean, we're still alive. Okay. <laughs> Rocco's been shot twice, but yeah. I'm barely I've been alive. Shot once. And I think I've died, I but I don't remember if that was a dream or not. Are you including the time I almost hit you? Me? Yes. Is that a different time? I feel I don't like. Remember. Hmm. Because I didn't hit you, right? This is out of character. I didn't hit you when I was shooting. Uh, no, no, you didn't hit yeah. me, but I did get I shot by someone at some sure point. I, I don't really remember. Lance shot you. Oh yeah, fucking Lance. Okay. Fucking Lance. Fucking exactly. That's what I've been saying the whole time. Fucking Lance. Fucking Lance. Fucking Lance. Thank you, Lainey. <laughs> Thank you, Miri. Yeah. Did Miri just say fucking Lance? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I missed it. Everyone was saying fucking Lance and Miri went. We all joined in and do a chorus of fucking Lance. Mm -hmm. That's right. So then Miri said something and Okay, when, well, yeah, anyway, cats can talk, it's great. Prophesizing ways we can die or fail is not super productive, so for what it's worth, I think I'm slightly more in favor of going along with their caravan. I just want to be upfront about the risks we're taking if we do that and just sort of know how. I guess consider ways we can protect ourselves in the mean in in the means that they are dangerous. So I think yeah, playing along with their plan, making them think that we are just playing right into their hand would be Yeah, we'd seem more suspicious is if we started acting more weird, I suppose. They yeah. may know they may know stuff about us, right? But so, already. <sighs> Hopefully well, not museum happenings, but... <laughs> well, as you have the entire day to spend in your room, um, did any of you want to make any preparations? Elaine, did you want to... 
um, work with any of the powders or herbs or things that you acquired? Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, come back to me in a moment. Mm -hmm. Lydia, I know that um, prior to, as we were starting this chapter, um, you didn't really want to spend the will to create any new charms or anything, but you do have some charms already that you had created. Uh, did you want to distribute Correct. those at all to anyone, or are you just going to hang on to them? Um, until, no, I'll hold on to them for right now, but I'll make sure that they're on my person. And you did buy Along some rosaries with, like, from a street vendor and some other yeah. like, protective-looking things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, those I will distribute. Okay, so I have a question for the group. Does anyone have any points in Navigate, or is it just like a 10 like me? I believe Rocco has. Oh no, um, Rocco has high drive. Lydia's been your navigator and driving. Navigating yeah, traditionally. Yeah. Is your yeah, navigator higher? Um, Let me check double check. I thought you were just like thirty or something like that. That sounds about right. Because I I have a question. I have like, a ten. I have navigate. a forty-four. That's Damn. Right. Yeah, that's the one. So if if Lydia wants to do her own thing. Could I spend my time familiarizing myself with maps and stuff so that I kind of know where we're going roughly, at least what's known, so I could use that to help her make a check if we get lost? Yes. Yeah, that's that's. Pretty I might join you in, in that sense. That would be of interest. Yeah, because I'm not particularly good at it, but I would like to help her with it if I can, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you do have a, a map of Peru. It's easily accessible. Um, I mean, it's it's basically the Roll20 desktop there, but I also provided yeah. a, a different version for you there. Yeah, I have a 12 in Navigate. Yeah, better in Navigate than I am. So, um, yes, uh, having, if, if both of you were to spend some time studying the map, anytime uh, Lydia makes a navigation check with Michael's assistance, uh, you can do that with a bonus die. Okay. Sure. You know, just in case things go sideways for some reason. Can't imagine why. I can. I see no way in which this well-laid plan could go wrong. So, um... I'm gonna ask the group as Elaine... Mm -hmm. There's two rooms, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. I would like to borrow one of the rooms in hopes that it would be vacant except for me and these new um, alchemy poisons I've acquired so that I can work with them and hopefully not harm any of you in the process. I have bought safety equipment for myself to work with them. However, that does not apply to you as a group and i would hate if i accidentally injured you in the process so can i borrow one of the rooms yeah sure you guys can get to know each other better if anyone wants to hang out with me you're more than welcome to but just know that it's at your own risk and um yeah just don't get yourself killed i suppose just or check on me every once in a while loud noises yeah, if I'm asphyxiating, I don't know how loud I can be, but I'll do my best. 
maybe um, we should make a phone call between rooms and just stay on the line while you're working so we know you're okay. It's not a bad idea. Sure, let's do that. Um, I've already got all my stuff in here if y'all don't mind hanging out in the guy's room. No, not at all. Okay. Well, my room is blah, blah, blah. Just give me a call when you get in there and then uh, we can just stay on the line. Okay, sounds good. We are leaving tomorrow, right? 8 a.m. Monday morning. And it's Sunday. And it is Sunday. Well, you know, I'm I'm satisfied with what I said I'm going to do for the rest of this time being then. So, Study maps. Yeah. Maps. Lydia might go into the lobby. Does the, does the hotel have a library at all? The hotel itself? No, it, yeah. it might have a selection of like some, you know, trashy novels or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Lydia is... Yeah. Um, Lydia is gonna probably, um, let's see, she's gonna go see if she can find a couple of older newspapers that might have other weird stuff in it, and she might work with, um, Jackson, that was his name, right? Yes. To, um, to translate a little bit and see if she can find anything else on white vampire attacks or anything. Okay. Just to see if there's anything else that can be learned from local reporting. Seems unlikely, but you never know. Okay. Uh, make a luck roll for me. If I can find where my... Oh no. Sorry. Give me one second. I've lost my... I've lost my thing. Never. There we are. No excuse. Nice. Yeah, they've got a, a small stack of newspapers by the trash. Nothing going too far back, but the last few days. Sure. That is good enough for me. Yeah, they've got several of the Spanish language papers and maybe a couple of the English language ones as well. Yeah. Cool, cool. Beans. So, what is it that you're looking for in the papers? Just I am looking of... to see if there have been any other reports of particularly grisly murders where they took place. Um, if there seems to be any kind of pattern between where they're striking or does it seem random. Um, and if any, or, or if there have been thieveries of additional artifacts or anything remarkable about honestly anything unusual she's kind of scanning for okay um yeah i mean in a city the size of lima murders are going to take place um yes. muggings violence things of that nature um in in the papers that you were able to dig up um nothing matching the description of a circular chunk of flesh being taken out of a desiccated body. Um, okay. Nothing especially unusual. It all seems fairly run-of-the-mill, fairly mundane. Um, uh -huh. You you come away from it 
being fairly unsatisfied with what you found. I think. Ooh. That's fine. But to be fair, Jackson says that the the cult of the Kirasiri is something that is, uh, you know, traditionally uh, up in the highlands. I mean, that that sort of thing yeah. doesn't typically so make its way kind of into the urban areas, right? It's uh, yeah. in the mountains and the jungles of the highlands where uh, this legend has really taken hold. Then much like apex predators, it's weird to see them down this low on the hill. Yes, probably. Uh, Rocco, anything you want to do with your time? Rocco's going to sit quietly with Lou. And <laughs> just, just because he, he doesn't I, I don't know about vampires, Lou. I, I don't I don't like the idea of blood leaving my body. It makes me really squeamish. That's why that's, that's why I killed the professor as fast as I did. I, I don't like vampires. I don't like that idea at all. It makes me it all makes me so squeamish. Um but he's he's going to he's gonna sit with Lou and, and basically keep quiet <laughs> while everybody else works. He's still he's still not very comfortable with murdering somebody. Still feeling a little squeamish. That's it. Perfect. He doesn't have the stuff Always stomach does. for all, all this travel. What's uh what's Lou, uh, Lou's little friend with Lydia doing? There you go. I think I after after Rocco killed the guy, I handed my little friend over because Lou was doing a good job of him. Yeah, so he's probably still got both of them. Mm-hmm. What are the rats doing while you talk to them? <laughs> they're like kind of listening and then trailing off and then kind of listening and then trailing off. Like they're just barely hanging on to what Rocco's saying, but is not they're not really that engaged. <laughs> like he's just kind of talking at him and they're just kind of sitting there like waiting for food to be dispensed. And he's just like feeding them crumbs and they're just taking them and eating them and then listening and then eating. Would you like to try to get their attention and strengthen your connection? Yes, I would like to do that. Okay. Um, make a uh, Cthulhu Mythos roll. Oh, this is going to go poorly. Yeah, no, no. That's 45, a 45 out of 23. Do you want to push it? I, I don't want to spend that much luck. I mean, I do have a decent amount of luck at the moment. Uh, but that is a lot of luck. That is 22, 22 points of luck. I, I don't think I push it too hard, no. I mean, I'm, I am looking to try and regain sanity. I don't want to try and lose more sanity at this point. Okay. Disappointing, but your call. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna he's just gonna scrub their ears and their heads a little bit and just try and and, and just try and uh, comfort them, I guess. Elaine, how's your prep work going? It's going good. I've got uh, a series of um, different solutions or like solutions prepped anyway. Like I'm preparing to make them. Got my pipettes, pipettes. I've got my forceps. I've got um, goggles on, a little gown, gloves. 
all that I purchased from the apothecary. I'm ready to go. Um, so my goal for this first check would be to make a concentrated solution of the least potent. You bought six, six varieties, correct? Six, yeah. The of the six, potency. I'd like to start with the least potent. And I'm hoping that I can learn as I go. Mm -hmm. And then make checks with bonus die as we go on, uh, because okay. I will have made them before, right? Um, and I'd like to make a solution viscous enough to coat a blade. Ah, okay. Okay. And you also have, um, when you invented the cartridges for your fog machine, um, mm -hmm. you, you would have made yourself some spare cartridges as well um, that you could fill Correct. if necessary. And you've got the, the perfume bottle variant. For single doses, Which yeah, I'm using that. It would have been easy enough for you at any point to pick up more empty perfume bottles. Yes. So you've got. Yeah, I believe the, the stuff. First one I bought was from um, that mystical joint in Massachusetts. Yeah. Unconsidered trifles. In our. That's Arkham. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember it well. Ooh, shiver me timbers. Um, <laughs> So yeah, what I, that's what I would. The bracelet that he gave her. Oh, I still uh, I do. have a couple potions. I don't have the earrings any longer. <laughs> well, if you're ready to get to know. work, yeah, can I can be ready. Okay. I'm nervous as heck. Which um, variety are you going to start with? I'm going to start with the least potent. Out of six, so that would be one out of six, right? Yes. If six is the strongest, then yeah, I'm going to start with one and just okay. like try and carefully, you know, I've got all my safety measures as good as I can get here. And I'm going to roll alchemy and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Hard success. Very nice. Oh, yeah. We're out to a good start. So. And you just sort of like, as you go, just sort of describing what you're doing so that the phone picks it up so that they know that you're not dead in there. Yeah, yeah. I guess like I will just tell them, oh, okay, so I've, you know, taken uh, this and pounded it out into a paste and I'm now like trying to dilute it safely. And maybe everyone's and... sort of just taking turns, passing the phone around, listening. Mm-hmm. So, still alive. Still alive. Go, Laney. Okay, so potency one, potency two. Easy enough so, to work with potency one. Yeah, I'm confident. I know it's not gonna like the worst that's gonna happen is maybe I'll get a little rash or something. But it goes very well. No problems. So you're going to move on to potency two. Correct. Okay. Um, so because I had a success with the first one, do I get like a bonus negative five or something or? Um, we'll give you a bonus die. A whole ass bonus with, die? With each level of additional success. However, as you increase in potency you're going to need a higher level of success got it okay so so for this one i'll give a i'll get wanna, a bonus you die. want to bank that bonus die now or you can use it on this roll do i get to see the roll before i can choose to use the mm -hmm. bonus die of course 
I got a regular success, 39 out of 46. So no bonus die is added, but you do have one banked. I have a banked. Okay. I like the system. Bonus so die. potency number two, again, no issues. Seems fairly easy to work with. I will explain to the group. This one I had to muddle into a paste and diluting it again. Um, almost got some in my nose and then thankfully I was able to hold my breath and dodge out of the way and I was fine. Oh, good. Um. All right. I'm going to roll for alchemy again for potency no number mask. three. Huh? No mask. I would assume I have a mask. I asked you for PPE. You had a mask. So okay. how, how do they get in your nose? I don't know. I guess you're right. <laughs> um, all right. Potency three. Here we go. Success again. Very nice. Can't keep getting away with this, Haley. Now, moving oh, forward, yeah. as you get into the more potent materials, uh, I'm going to need a hard success from you. So four, yeah, four needs a hard success. Got it. Okay, here we go. And I've got two bonus die banked. You have one bonus die banked. You had a hard what success on your first roll and then two regular successes. You don't um, get a bonus die for the regular success. Um, I'm giving you a bonus die for every level you roll above the success you need. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so I have one. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right, here we go. Fuck. Oh. Womp womp. Oh, that's a bad failure, too. That's a bad failure. Now, you can use the bonus die or you can push the roll. But pushing the roll could have... Pushing the roll will have consequences if it's another failure. You'll die. I will uh, use a bonus die, and if it still goes poorly, I will walk away. And just decide that I've got the first three potencies, and we'll figure out what those rolls are going to be later. But um, So I'm not getting the option to roll a bonus die, so I'm just going to roll a d10. Cool. D10. Out of Still a failure, but it's a little better. It's a 63 out of 46. You could spend luck. Yeah, but like you you have to have a hard success on this, right? You said? Oh, I'm sorry. You're correct. Yeah, she needs a hard success. So she'd have to spend a lot of luck to. That's a lot. Or I'd push the roll. Or you push. So remind me of what the consequences are of pushing the roll again. You will find out when you fail. Okay. So it this could be is a number four potency. So it's not the deadliest, but if you crit fail, things could go very badly. Ask your friends on the phone what you should do. Hey, guys, on the phone. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes, yeah. you hear the phone a friend? How can I help you? How can we help you? Yes, yes. Hey, uh, whoever has the phone right now. Um, So I'm having a real hell of a time with this herb. Um, 
and it's just I keep trying to dilute it and it's not uh, becoming uh, homologous it's just you know having these like striations of poison and I would like it to be like one solution so not is sure what the, I should do is that the one that's supposed to kill you if you look at it no it's like two levels below that I'm not at that one yet I'm just not sure if I should, you know, keep pushing it or if I should just walk away for the day because it's the first time I've worked with these uh, foreign substances. So. I mean, you still have a bunch of other things to work through. You only have so much time in a day. Just get what you can done. You don't have to push. Anything so you make is going to be better than nothing you... Anything you've already made is going to be better than the stuff you don't make, so... Right. So if we can figure out a little bit of nitty-gritty at the moment. So I've made one, two, and three, right? Mm -hmm. Would it be fair to say, like, one is a D4 poison damage, two is a D6 poison damage, and three is 2D4? Sure. Is that is that your intent with these, to, to make them just all poison? Like, we have a mechanic in place for, like, your fog machine, right? And for the, right. the spray that that ranges from what like nausea to unconsciousness. True. yeah so it, it would it depends on you know the quantity that you spray right the yeah like how intense um, the, the cloud is or yeah or how good of an um, not immune system but constitution that this individual right, it, has it has right? to do with the the opposed constitution role as well mm-hmm so these doses you're making, what is the delivery method for them? Is it for your fog machine? It would be coating a blade. Okay. Ooh. So you are looking at poison. Yeah, mostly. Oh. I mean, it's pretty much poison. There's not really much more. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to get into the bloodstream, which would be the fastest method of... I, I suppose I could have other things on there. Like, I'm sure if you stab someone with LSD on a blade, it would probably do some shit to them, but... Sure, so I guess depending on their constitution upon being stabbed, it could theoretically cause paralysis. Yeah. It could be deadly. If the True. constitution is high enough. And 5e oh, rules with some poison enough. if you pass out with poison attack then you become paralyzed right the poison the poison elaine's making the poison elaine specifically chose to kill people the elaine's poison kill people right um okay oh, yeah. it's all coming together so i think on making an attack oh, yeah. with a blade coated with one of these varieties of poison we would use the same mechanic as far as them having to roll constitution would they and, suffer um, half damage or no damage? As far as what? If they rolled a successful constitution check? They would suffer the knife damage, of course. Right, but um, poison damage, would that just become null? Um, I think since we have different concentrations of poison here, um, I liked your idea of adding a d4, a d6, or a d8. Oh, 2d4 was what I was going to do. Okay, what? Yeah, that works too. Technically, you and, could have a two as your highest roll, whereas with a one d eight, so you could have a one. I have a suggestion. If you want to create 
different um, severities of poison. You could have them tiered so that the like you could have one that has one dice, and then if you make a success, well, for each level of success, you can remove one dice from the damage. So if you get a normal success on a on a poison that has two dice, you still take one dice of damage. But if you get a good success, you remove two dice. That way, you can create different tiers of poison that are more severe. But you can still kind of like like one that has five dice. You could get like an extreme success and remove three dice, but you're still taking some poison damage to indicate how mm-hmm. severe it is. That might be a way of uh, sort of breaking them apart. I think, I think I get what you're saying. I'd have to make like Does a that chart, make sense? I think. Yes, it, but instead of going toward physical damage, would you want to use those dice toward making the result of the poison more severe? Like. Well, so like, just Paralysis. you you could have like one like your your normal poison like your weakest level of poison could be one d six, and then the next tier down could be two d six, and then three d six for the most severe one, right? And then it could be like one d four or something, so you could still have like wiggle room in it. But then like ones that are particularly like devastating poisons, you're more able to like actually resist them, and they don't have heavy impacts on you. So, like, you could still have, like, she could have her two weakest poisons still be, like, as she said, like a D4 and a D6. But then, like, you sort of hit that mid-stage where these are particularly nasty poisons. And then, obviously, you get to the ones that's, like, this is Coral Snake Venom. And then you could you could make that one particularly devastating. But, again, right. there might already be a system in the rules, but this is sort of just me giving you mechanics if you need so the way we have the 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 um, the, the fog, I think this is the fog machine mechanic. Mm-hmm. Are you, you looking make, at the Elaine stuff? Talking. Yeah, you make the sing roll. They make a listen roll. Then it's a power roll, and then we made a table to determine the effect, depending on the level of success of your attack. Um. Roll, you roll a d6 then to determine the effect. So it looks like the higher the number on the d6, the worse the result. So using John's idea, we could add points depending on their constitution roll to, to make the d6 result higher? Well, like, this would be pretty much just for poison that deals damage, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and I guess you could have, like, foes that are resistant to poison or something, too. Are vampires resistant to poison because they don't technically have blood? Mm. Bone? It would depend on the type of poison, I suppose, but we're getting into a lot this of... depends on the type hitting. of vampire. Yeah. 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 Not all vampires are created equal. Truly. Michael, for example, did make a roll um, to see what, what he might know about these vampires. And these seem to be like a different species from the traditional... Euro vampires? Euro vampires, yes. Uh, yes, the yellow vampire. 
the Yo. Transylvanian descendants. <laughs> they have the most entrancing beats. So let's, uh, Lee and I can workshop this further. I think I yeah, work better to. with written text than I do with spoken words. So okay. I think I need to see it written out. Um, okay. Then I can attempt to do that. But yeah, so uh, we'll just say I worked on these and I didn't get to potency four mm -hmm. or I failed spectacularly. You still have how many more left to do? Five and six. So two more. Okay. Six being if someone looks at it, they die. <laughs> That's literally what I have written in my notes. I didn't really. Is that what the lady, the shopkeeper told Oh, me? no, never mind. That's what John said. Hmm. Uh, I have extremely poisonous and will kill anyone Don't who write down what John it. says. <laughs> this isn't my game. I think John said something about like if someone looks at it, they die. So I just like grasped onto that. But yeah, John, if you do have further suggestions on on a good way to make that mechanic work, I, I'm just I'm, having a hard time like sure. mathematically interpreting it. I think. Um, uh, I'll 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 as you're sort of talking, I'm I'll sketch something out here. Thank you. Um. Okay, so I will say to my phone a friend, um, the room is... Is the room safe, actually? Before I say this, is the room safe? Did my failures cause any, like, airing out requirements? No, you didn't, you didn't spectacularly fail. You just couldn't get the result you wanted. Okay. From cool. the sample. So, so if I... you put everything away safely, then it'll be fine. I will do that. Yeah, I'll put everything away safely. Um, uh, good news. I was able to create uh, three potent poisons um, of varying intensities. I saved the more intense ones for later, but I think this is a good first session. So uh, the boys can have their room back. Or the girls can have their room back. Me. Your room. Yeah. And we don't have to assume that you ruined the entire sample of variety number four. Okay. That's you know, good you, to know. I assume that it was a portion just... of it. It yeah. just won't it just won't yield the same quantity that it would have. Gotcha. And uh again, we could talk about this later, but like do we have an idea of how many vials of poison I might have made? And a vial meaning like a tiny amount that would just coat a blade. Um Oh, you'd have to roll for that. Should we do that? Sure. You can okay. roll a D four for each success you had. Alright, so first one is a one. That makes sense. One vial. Second one is a three. I'm learning. I'm feeling cocky. I'm excited about this new learning experience. And I've made four of them. And then I come into four super confident and I fuck it up. Keep feeling confident. You're doing it. You're doing great. Thanks, Rocco. Maybe you can uh, 
Does anyone use knives in this group? You're muted, Rocco. I can hear you through the wall, though. I can learn to use a knife. Yeah? Because I've created yeah. some poisons, haven't Lydia I? Lydia just bought a knife. I have a Bowie knife. I did. We all bought knives. We bought, like, machetes and stuff. That's mm -hmm. right. So, we yeah, did. we can poison That's knives. That's true. We are... We are... Where are you going? You want to go lay on the bed? Okay. So is that the way the group spends the day? Doing stuff and ordering so. in? At least that's what Elaine does. I feel like it would be sus if we asked for any books from like a bookstore. They'd be very oddly specific. Yeah, Lydia might sneak out and see if there's a library. But I know that English is going to not be easy and neither is probably finding the library in a large city, so... She's dying to, anyway. Are you going but, to sneak out by yourself and look for a library? I'm going to ask Jackson if he wants to sneak out and look for a library. Oh my god, you dog. You wouldn't invite me? I want to go out in Lima. You're busy. I, it's just a library. I, I there would, are no dresses or cocktails. What? I would, Lydia. I really would, but I'm afraid... Um, we're just going to be too conspicuous at this stage. I mean, if they're looking hard for us. All right. All idea. right. No, that's fine. That's Perhaps fine. another time, though. I'll... Perhaps another time. Yeah. I mean, I can think of nothing more pleasurable than an afternoon with a librarian in a library. You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. But it'll have to be after we survive this. Yeah, where we're going, uh, there aren't many libraries. At least not the kind we're talking about. Yeah. Well, the locals team. Do you have any other materials? Repeat knowledge of uh, things in the, in their heads and uh, pass it on in stories. That's true. Hey, you've been talking to folks about the white vampires for a while, right? Yeah, actually, I've been in country for several months. Uh, I mean, it's it's the focus of, of the book I'm working on right now. Can I uh, can I read your notes? Yeah, yes, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've I haven't been looking at this from the standpoint of these things being real. All information is information. Yes, yes, I can share my notes with you. I would be delighted. Okay. Uh, Jackson's notes are very neatly written. He has excellent handwriting. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Let me see what I can find for you. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Did I do it? Did I pick up a hook? I don't know. Oh, you're, okay. you're thumbing through. So he explains to you that um, uh, I met I met a, uh, a a woman in the Highlands. Her name is Naira, and um, she's uh, a, a wise woman, uh, a, a healer of sorts um, in Puno. And she told me quite a bit about the Karasiri legend, which is where 
um, all of the information in these notes comes from. So um, everything I have here uh, comes straight from straight from the source there as far as that goes. Outstanding. So as he as he explained to you, he was pretty quick to sort of dismiss the fanciful aspects that he was told, but he still made notes of them. Um, you know, from a from a recording historical standpoint, it made sense. Uh, the word karasiri mm -hmm. comes from a term for carving something up with a knife. <clears throat> uh, the karasiri are known throughout Peru and Bolivia, although their names and descriptions change from region to region. But the typical karasiri tends to be a tall white man, um, often described as wearing a wide-brimmed hat, carrying a long knife that he uses to butcher people and steal their body fat. Alternatively, he may drug people and extract their fat using magic or strange tools, leaving them to die slow, lingering deaths. Some stories that Naira had heard firsthand that she relayed to Jackson um, tell of Karasiri who suck the fat out with their mouth like some kind of human leech. Uh, he noted that uh, Naira knew of people in the area who were quick to accuse the conquistadors of being Karasiri, stealing the fat of locals to treat their wounds or grease their weapons. Later tales told of Karasiri priests using stolen fat to make holy oil or as offerings to their gods. <clears throat> the main common factor in all of the stories were that the Karasiri were white men, usually Spaniards. Naira right. was the one who originally mentioned the name Luis de Mendoza. And Jackson notes that Naira believed that she was being followed at the time that he spoke with her. Well, that's certainly interesting. There's like no stories about how people kill them, kind of like in the story of Dracula, how it was like stake in the heart and all that stuff. Yeah, is there any deterrence? Not that she had mentioned to me. She told me tales of their attacks on people. Um, the, the, the people of the region are, are very afraid. Uh, this, this legend terrifies them. Um, I don't think there's a great deal of fighting back. There's a lot of living in fear. Um, she did not relay to me any specific ways to kill them but but as we travel toward the pyramid i mean i think puno is our destination i think we're gonna we're gonna stage out of puno and head to the pyramid so uh perhaps we can track her down and talk to her a little further that would be great i'd love to meet her she's wonderful she, she sounds really, like a very informative lady yeah I, I really think that uh that you would enjoy her company yeah Well, thank you for sharing with me, Jackson. That was super helpful. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I guess we're teammates now. So, 
for better for worse. Yeah, I'm learning a lot from you too. Yeah, I'm sorry to. Uh, it's funny when I made those notes. Possibly. When I made those yeah, notes, I was you know, those I just notes. thought they were just quaint, quaint local legends. Never imagined talking quaint, about them seriously. Terrifying local legends. Hmm. Well, the truth is often stranger than fiction, but also, I apologize for um, our group and us possibly just uh, shattering your worldview. But kind of my know. fault, isn't it? I'm the one that let Turnbull I mean, know about this. A little bit, yeah. Hmm? What did he say? He's the one who informed Turnbull, who was your contact in Shanghai. Oh. And Turnbull's the one that sent you to Peru. I mean, honestly, it's... I'm saying this, even if everything goes sideways and we get killed in terrible ways, I think it's worth the fact that we check this out. I don't know. I think doing nothing about it is worse if it does end up being something bad. I mean, I'm fine with not knowing bad things. I don't want to die. But We're not going to die, uh, That's easy for you to say. I've seen too many things that have gone ignored for too long and they just get worse. Hmm. So. Well, this, uh, the book that comes out of this is going to have a very different tone from my previous work, I can tell. Might open other doors, though. Not sure I want to open this. I mean, doors. back in the States, I uh, How? run a tidy occult library, so you never know who wants to read. Do you? I do. So, like, hmm. this, these legends about the Karasuri, are they, like, super specific to sort of, like, individual locations, or are they kind of, like, more prolific around, like, here, Lima, too? No, they're more specific to, to the Highlands, like, around Puno. Yeah. Um, the the locals in those regions are more likely to tell these tales, and, and as she said, um, they range throughout the region. There there are stories in Bolivia as well, and they have different names and different descriptions, but they're all very similar. Kind of like but it's with the Yeti. And... Yeah, but it's it's like mm. not as like prolific of a story or myth as something like Dracula. Right, right, right. It's not that. It's probably not that widely distributed but locals are probably aware of it mm -hmm. people in lima you know they've heard the stories probably far less likely to believe it because the the locals in the highlands um claim to you know live this 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 nightmare with these these creatures roaming around yeah very different i mean well i hope it is <laughs> But, I don't know, that was a novel that got popular, and... What, Stoker's Dracula? To... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to open up that can of worms. I'm, I'm happy with it being fiction right now in my world. Let's just leave it at that. 
Well, I mean, Dracula was loosely based on Vlad Tepes, right? I yeah. guess. I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't know my... Oh, I know. Yes, and that is correct. You're familiar with stories of impaling, aren't you, Michael? <sighs> Impaler hardly knew her. Hey. Oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was like like a serious like mournful <laughs> sigh, not a <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I hope that yes, Michael let out just the most like just like I'm... I mean in that case it it seems to me that truth was more horrific more horrific than the fiction. Um well I, I mean tomato tomato. I guess. But yes. Being bitten on the neck, being impaled. I don't know. like being bitten on the neck is a lot nicer than being impaled personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come here, sweet boy. Especially the way that Vlad did it. Mm-hmm. Most unpleasant. <laughs> Are we traveling on vehicles? My vehicle? Yes. Is this John asking? Yeah. Yes. Um... Augustus Larkin had mentioned that he um, had reserved three large trucks along with drivers. And presumably the trucks will be waiting for you, excuse me, outside of the Hotel Espana on Monday morning, which is where Larkin and Dame Mendoza are staying. I wonder. Hmm. Would it be weird if there was like similarities, like they can't see themselves in mirrors or something? Is that too weird of a thing? Is that? Uh, are you speculating that that could be the case? This is Michael speculating. Uh, like openly <laughs> are you are you are you thinking of uh flashing a mirror in front of Damon Doza to see what happens or something I don't know like um Elaine you have like a compact mirror right like I don't know maybe obviously like we don't know if it does but if it does do its thing in Elaine I always have a compact on me yeah so I don't know doesn't your Maybe. compact have something caustic in it as well? It does. Yeah. yeah. I forget what it does, to be honest, though. <laughs> yeah, I have a flirt compact. It's in my inventory, but I don't have any notes on what it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to pull something like that, if we don't want them to know we're onto them, you're going to have to be casual about it, right? You can't just walk up and hold the mirror in his face. Um, well, wouldn't it be as simple as me just like yeah. whipping it out and then just like looking at myself in the mirror, adjusting my makeup and whoop, look over a little bit, see if he's there. And if he's not, then we know. 
I mean, there's no guarantee that this is going to be a common trait. Right. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it would be something. Yeah. I mean, all we have right now is a name. (laughs) So, yes, I know. And, like, it may be like vampire may not be an apt description for what we refer to as vampires. It might be like fish aren't actually fish. Right? So. (laughs) I mean, a lot of. You know what I'm talking about. Well, aren't any of those vampiric traits just out of Stoker's imagination? Or are they based on actual legends? Would Lydia know that? I'd say they're based on biology. (laughs) There are a lot. No, I'm just thinking. I didn't know if Boots knew it. In the animal kingdom, there are a lot of examples of really fucked up shit. Like a lot of creatures. Oh, uh, sorry. Which which animal kingdom thing were you asking me? I was wondering if you knew anything about like the actual like the the Bram Stoker Dracula. Oh, like his his um, vampire traits. Is that just stuff that Stoker made up, or is that based on? Oh no, it's all made up. Existing legends. So he just made it up himself. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, so Michael, but, I mean, the odds of yeah. any of that being real are probably not very good. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't actually, I've never run into a, a Transylvanian vampire, so I don't even know. I mean, the mirror's worth a casual shot. I don't know. It might be interesting just to check other things, like, supposedly they react weird to gold, maybe other metals too? Maybe silver is not a good metal for them? I mean, I but, think the gold thing is worth looking into. Yeah, we've definitely gold. There's some evidence of gold being doing weird stuff. So yeah, and like we may be able to even use it as a weapon if we need to. Are I, gold I have... and silver found in the same regions? Gold and silver are found in a lot of areas. Like, what do you mean, same regions? Like, like the same mine? composition, you know. The, like what I'm wondering, like veins of them running together through the earth. Oh. What I'm wondering is, is, is gold Peru's version of silver for Transylvanian vampires, if we're, if we're in that vein. Um, <laughs> Silver's more what, werewolves, right? Double pun. Silver tends to be more werewolves, yeah. Does it? Although, okay. I mean, iron is also something that comes up a lot in different things. Fae. Yeah, well, um, like, um, like, this is John speaking, like silver is very common. And the reason why silver is like very common as like a anti whatever against a lot of creatures is because silver kind of is good at repelling bacteria. So it's always sort of seen as like a healthy metal, which is sort of like what originates a lot of like the myths around silver. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I I can't remember the exact statistics, but like silver just kills bacteria on it to some degree. Right. I forget what the, I mean, Chris would know more than me, but yeah, you are correct that silver mm-hmm. does have anti um, some, some qualities that mm-hmm. Chris, silver has some sort of um, like qualities that repel certain bacteria or germs or something to a certain extent. What was that? I think copper has antimicrobial properties. Yeah. Antimicrobial that has been shown to kill bacteria, fungus, and certain viruses. 
so yes. Yeah. Okay. It's also very common in like medical things to use silver for like, um, like bones and like teeth, like into fillings and stuff, right? So yeah, gold as well. Yeah. But well, I mean that partially was because it's soft enough to. Yeah. But anyway, tangentially, okay. yes, some metals do have repelling or un antimicrobial properties, but the degree to which they have those things um, varies widely, and only some of it is proven by science. Mm -hmm. But silver is particularly good at it. Silver and copper, yeah. Jackson says, um, I, I don't know how much this shoots that in, in the foot either, but I mean, I have seen Damondoza out in broad daylight, like in the sun. Mm-hmm. That's a typical yeah. vampire trade, right? They can't go in the sun, but I yeah. think that really depends or on they the get lore. Sparkly. <laughs> no, it depends on the lore a lot, though. Yeah, uh, my light fans, let's go, Edward Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, yes. Um. For the record, I was Team Jacob, so <laughs> I never watched them. I figure. At any rate. Anyway, onwards. To greatness. Well, all good discussion though. Oh my god, Norm just went and sat right in front of my space eater. <laughs> He's a smart gato. Larry, that's pretty cute. I've never seen him do that before. Um, so plans thus far, I'm going to use my compact and try and see if I can see him in my reflection off to the side when we are on our journey. Other than that, is there any way any of us can be of assistance? I mean, I could eat some really garlicky food and breathe it <laughs> on him and see what happens. That would be weird. I could just bring some garlic with us. I don't know. I wish we could go to the library and just see if we can figure out more about these things. Well, I feel like Jackson's like firsthand talk is probably going to be a lot more useful than anything we find in the library. Unless like we manage to delve into some eldritch library. Right? Lydia's trying to think if she has any contacts in Peru, but I feel like if she did, she'd have already like reached out to them. So unfortunately, it currently is sort of an English only uh, situation. So <laughs> the conquistadors were Spanish, right? Yes. And we know that they came to Peru. Could we research the conquistadors at all and see if they had any aversions to things that were just culturally represent represented in the time in which they were trying to colonize Peru? That could. I think the main the library, roadblock. Though. Yeah, I think the main roadblock here is that, as Jackson has said a couple of times, it's going to be very conspicuous if he heads over there with anything. Right. Yeah. 
I know, I just want to go over there. Just like a library, okay? just feel like you'd be so good. I would be. But only with the... That's like my powers niche. only activate when surrounded by books. Yeah, that's such like a niche subject too. It's not like any of us would know it inherently, right? Like with an yeah. education role, like e there's no way that they would teach this at any college. I mean, all of this talk about going to the Definitely. library brings up the point too. Um, we're gonna have to be careful getting over to the Hotel España on Monday morning. Um, I don't know if we should travel as a group. Maybe we should break into smaller groups. Try and get over there as stealthily as we can. For sure. I agree. Do you anticipate Dolores being back by the morning? Gosh, I hope so. So you don't There's know. There's no real way of knowing, we don't though. Know. What happens if we leave on the He'll excursion? Find us. He'll find us. He'll find us. Mm-hmm. He always okay, does. I'll I'll let it go. I'm going to start. I'm trying to remember from the first time we met Dolores. Isn't there usually like evidence? Like when I met Dolores for the first time, there was a little blue rod on the ground. No, you. Okay. Um, Alex Hubbard had the little tattoo gun mm -hmm. device. Right. And while you were examining the thing, you found a hidden compartment that had a small crystal shard in it mm. and you kept that crystal shard with you and it sort of acts as the homing point for every time Dolores time travels he ends up returning to wherever that crystal is so as long as you make sure have we that have that you, yeah and you you do you do I mean we yeah. assume that you always have it in your bag okay I just wanted to make sure we didn't back to where you are like, let's say Amara couldn't play next session and we had mm -hmm. to go and then, like, Amara just is stranded or Dolores is stranded at the hotel. No, Dolores will return this. to wherever you are because of the crystal. Okay, cool. That's how... See, Alex Hubbard was using her as, like, bait to lure the Hounds of Tindalos in so he could hunt them. Right. So he gave her that tattoo, which causes her to time jump, and then she would return to the crystal and he would wait for one of the Hounds to appear. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So I'm just waiting for Lee to like throw in the thing where like we get an older version of Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> or Hounds of Tindalus come After up they've, when... like done all this stuff just to really fuck with us. You've been oh guys, I think that the, the, the fucking with us has barely begun, honestly. I don't know. We shot Rocco twice. <laughs> And he can talk to rats. Let's not forget that part. Yeah, he died because by rats. <laughs> I died by rats. Uh. Okay. So we can't go so to the library. We should let it go, Haley. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like, let's go to the library. And I cannot let it go. Um, anyway. Yeah. Just like Caleb in his books. So it feels like you've spent a very full day in the hotel room. Um, any Anything else you feel like you'd like to discuss or wrap up before uh, hitting the sack and getting ready to go meet the excursion on Monday morning? Some good luck, Champagne. 
Anybody? Lydia, so Lydia has has one holster that she has a gun in. Um, she fashions the other side. So like there there's a like two pockets on the side. The knife is down by where like she can pull it out, but um, she does fashion one of the like hang down pockets that can hang out under her jacket into like a little spot for rats that can, if needed, fit two rats, but will at least fit one. It's very important for me to say out loud. I liked it. I thought you were going to say for champagne bottles. No, no, no. That's the holster I made for you. I found I found your backstory the other day and your description of, of her utility belt with all the stuff that you listed that she has in her belt. It's like, that's I was awesome. like, God damn it. Well, you have the resourceful trait, so it's all there. I know. It just makes me, there's a Far Side cartoon where it's like a bunch of cowboys and a guy sitting on a horse and the old lady is like, what, what do you mean? Of course, here, I've got rope in my purse. <laughs> yep. It's like a video game. Yes. Anyway. So shall we fast forward to the next so morning? Yes, let's. Okay, okay. Once again, glass on the doorknob. Uneventful night. Dolores does not return. Hooray! But you're Ooh. up in the morning. <laughs> um, how are you going to make your way to the Hotel España? Sort of. I'd say that Elaine has removed her attempt at disguising herself to look like the locals. Um, mm. But... She's attempted a more masculine makeup today. So she looks like an American, but a male American. And she tries to add features like moles and unpleasant facial hair to make her look more unattractive. Even though her frame and the symmetry of her face it just gives her away immediately. But she tries to. Okay, make a new appearance roll for today. Hard success. Okay. 33 out of 70. Damn. And make sure you're all tracking yeah, your successes is... too, by the way. Oh, you can't do I that with appearance. I can't so. do that one, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to yeah, put Lydia on a hat. Look more equipped to be out in the wilds than I guess my typical wear. Okay. Yeah, Lydia's dressed like her like kind of runner worker lad then I guess we can like break up into small groups okay how are you gonna break up yeah and take you're gonna take like slightly different routes it's only a few blocks away so it's not yeah. very far I can go by myself everyone else can pair up Jackson's like what oh, was that snort Ryan you Lone wolf. Come on. I don't. I don't know, Michael. I don't. I don't know if it's a good idea for any of us to go by ourselves. Three people's a lot in a group. We don't have Dolores to make pairs. <sighs> okay. Okay. So here's the thing, Rocco. You were a rum runner. I was a mm -hmm. rum runner. So the two of us know how to be inconspicuous in a crowd. Collars so, up, hats down, let's get moving. Yep, I'm gonna carry a 
probably a crate um, that doesn't have anything in it, but it look it's got a covered top. So, and I'm gonna follow uh, easy enough to find in the alley. Okay, it's also resourceful. Jackson, here's what's here's what's gonna happen. Like Rocco, you go with Michael to make sure he doesn't get lost, but you can tail him. Uh, I'll watch him. Jackson and uh, and and Elaine, uh, you guys are gonna be headed there, and then I'm gonna follow up behind you, carrying like possibly some of your stuff. Um, and then never underestimate the uh, efficacy of um, you know walking with a newspaper or a book. Of course, yes. So, All right. And if the two of you are in like intense conversation, people are less <laughs> likely to look at you. Just watch where you're going. Mm-hmm. 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 You got that, pretty boy? Yeah. Let's try it. Also, if anybody approaches, start fighting between the two of you. Like bicker or something. And just disorient <laughs> the people approaching us. Okay. That's good. Okay. All right. Who's heading out first? I guess we could. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Three of us with Lydia trailing behind. Okay. um, Let's. So we're we're trying to be stealthy, or we're trying to be casual. 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 Okay. Can I make a charm roll for that? Oh, that's interesting. Interesting choice. Like, I'm so charmingly normal. Disarming. Disarming (laughs) that you don't expect anything to be sus. So natural. Feels more like persuasion to me. Hmm. You don't like that. Okay, that's fine. Variety of skills. I've got them. I've got 55 in Persuade, so... I accept the terms. Okay. Um, and Lydia, you are following up behind Elaine that's and Jackson? Great. Yeah, but in in more of a, like... Not as though you're with them. Their stuff. Yeah. Oh, you, you are. You're, at, you're acting as though you're, you're there. Servant, like we're a, a couple, right? Boy. Sorry, just not you yeah. and me, but yeah, uh, Jackson guys, and I. You guys I did masculine a couple. Well, you could certainly just be two gentlemen, and I'm just carrying your shit for you. So, you know, it's not weird. It's only weird if you make it weird. Okay. Okay. So. Let's let's make the persuasion roll just to see how that goes. All right. Success. Which is 355. Nice. Extreme success for Jackson. Nice, Jackson. Way to fucking be. Let's get one from Lydia. Yeah, Lydia. Oh. Do we have to? I keep losing Top right. Thank you. Super helpful. Where are you, Persuasion? Oh no, I lost it again. Lord. It's underneath Operate Heavy Machine. Yeah. Woo! 
Ooh, look at us being. Oh uh, yeah. Very nice. Thank okay. you. Everyone's very persuasive. They they pull off the uh, the ruse quite well. Uh, let's get a luck roll from everyone to see if you accidentally run into any police along the way. Hard success. Uh, that's not from me and Ryan, right? We're going laughter. Yeah, right now this was just for us three. Okay, no problems. You, uh, you know, nobody pays you any attention. You don't get a second glance from anyone, and you don't run into any police along the route. All right. Nice. So Rocco and Michael, uh, what is your? Are you are you being stealthy? Or are you trying to just be casual as you go? I'm gonna be casual, but I'm also gonna keep an eye out for anyone who looks like an authority figure. Okay. I'll, I'll be tailing them quietly. Oh, you're going to come up not as though you're together. You'll just be tailing them. Well, we're together, right? I suppose we? we can be together, thought... yeah. Do you want to be like have distance between us or what? I mean, we were both described together as two Caucasian men. And if two of us are separate, then we might have a better chance of getting through. I'm dressed up different than I was before, right? So, I've got my oh. collar up and my hat down. So, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, I'm... does persuasion make sense for for the two of you then in this instance as well? No, I would argue. <laughs> okay. Uh, charm for myself, but that's because I have a 95 in charm and a 10 in persuade. So, well, but what's the what's the reason for I mean, like how, how are you charming anyone here? Well, is it really that different than persuading anybody? I think persuasion like, goes more toward just trying to blend in, just trying to act uh, normal. Charming to me is more deliberately, you know, approaching someone and trying to um, alter their opinion of you, perhaps through interaction. Hmm. Well, can I say that, like, instead of necessarily, like, having a appearances up i'm just keeping an eye out for anybody so i can like head that off before it happens mm -hmm. yeah so can i make a spot hidden check just to keep my sure. my eyes up i'll accept that okay yeah. i have a success success for that and rocco um uh, I don't know what you want to use here if you're trying to sort of follow I'm along trying to be or? stealthily yeah I'm trying to stealth okay. let's him. get a stealth row from you oh yeah. yeah wow good rolls tonight good rolls um, mm -hmm. both of you give me a luck roll then just to see if any police officers cross your path two successes all is well okay Lucky enough so you all managed to make your way uh you know, carrying all of your baggage and everything over to the Hotel Espana, where you see in the street outside uh, parked three very large trucks. They're like big army cargo trucks with sort of the, the canvas cover in the back mm -hmm. uh, and a big cab, big, fat, thick, treaded tires. Um, and there are three local gentlemen who are loading things into the truck. Uh, and sort of walking around supervising, you spot Luis de Mendoza, um, keeping a very close eye on what the three workers are doing. Also, make sure you check off any successes you got on your skills. Mm -hmm. You, sir. Good point. 
I will spoil a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. It was persuade, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I'll see Luis de Mendoza and uh, I will give him a subtle wave. He has a wide brimmed hat on, pulled low over his eyes, and he glances over he's at He's a vampire, treat him. <laughs> Sorry. And he's got that very deep sort of familiar scowl on his face. Um, he does not acknowledge you other than staring you in the eyes as you approach. So I know he's seen me at least. It's not like he looked by me. You called his attention by waving and he's just sort of staring you down. Good morning, Luis. He turns away from you and says a few things in Spanish to the workers, sort of directing them what to do. And he walks away from you, intending to go around the other side of the truck. As the as the trucks are being loaded, um, Augustus Larkin appears from around the front of this row of trucks. Um, it's early in the morning. It's it's going on 8 a.m. Um, already, though, he looks as though he's been sweating fairly profusely for the day. It's a, it's a it's a warm day. It's not overly hot yet. Um, but he comes over, sort of fanning himself with something, and says, "Ah, you've made it. Very good to see you." Oh, you seem to be missing someone. Have you have you run short of a party member? <laughs> uh, they'll be joining us later. No, we're going to be departing for the Highlands in mere moments. <clears throat> yes, they uh, have ways of finding. They said they have a way of <laughs> catching up, but they had something they had, had to attend to. Curious, but. <clears throat> If they don't find their way, more treasure for the rest of us, eh? <clears throat> Suppose that's one way of looking at it. Oh, pardon me. Mm -hmm. Can I, I get you a, a lozenge or anything? No, no, as I said, uh, just after effects of uh, that nasty bout with malaria, I'll be fine. So, <clears throat> as you can see, we've secured three trucks here. <clears throat> Feel free to, to choose one and throw your, your supplies in the back. I'll I'll be riding in the front truck with one of the drivers and with Luis. Um, the cabs are, uh, are double road. Uh, they're built for uh, four people apiece, so uh, feel free to distribute yourselves as you wish between the other two trucks. And um, <coughs> I'm going to get out of this sun, uh, climbing the truck. As soon as uh, everything's secured, uh, we're going to head, head out. Uh, is that amenable? What's our expectation of travel? Hmm. Like, where are it's the a, stops? What's it's approximately what's a three-day journey? We are going mm. to be going south along the coast, and then <clears throat> turning uh, upward into the uh, into the higher regions <laughs> as uh, as we get away from the cities and uh, things become much more wild. Um, at some point, we will be heading into much higher altitudes, so I hope that you've uh, accommodated yourselves with uh, prevention against possible altitude sickness and uh, certainly with uh, with warm clothing, uh, warm cold weather gear, because um, it does get uh, 
Oh, you know, uh, into freezing temperatures in the, in the evenings mm. up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. We definitely, right? <laughs> What's that? Uh, I'm just this saying that us, right? we have cocoa leaves for altitude sickness, you but do. we don't have. Um, I'm assuming we brought warm clothes, right? You may have brought warmer clothes. You didn't specifically look for any cold weather gear, though. So Larkin turns and makes his way to the front truck. Mendoza reappears and assists him up into the truck. Elias. What's are there up, any Mike? clothing shops nearby? I didn't exactly pack the warmest clothes. Tell you what, we're gonna uh, we're gonna head past some villages, uh, probably on the way up there. Uh, we could get maybe some nice uh, Local, like some heavy, like I'll pack up ponchos or something. I think we can we can supply you. Okay. On the way. Great. Okay. Great. Freeze. Uh, Rocco, if you wish to volunteer to drive one of these trucks, that could be an option for you. I would love to drive one of these trucks. Elaine would like to be in Rocco's truck. Well, upon opening one of the trucks, you can see that it. It does have two rows of seating, and these are bench seats. Um, you could, without too much discomfort, squeeze the five of you into one truck. Pile in, everybody. We're going up the Andes. Where's the cacao? Is is there a second seat in the front? There's there's a bench seat in the front and a bench seat behind it. So, like, two people could sit in the front and three could okay. squeeze into the back. Okay, I see. Which would then push the yeah. other local driver to the third truck. Yeah. So we just have two workers in the third truck. Okay, yeah. All right, so I guess this is us. Jackson unloads uh, his duffel bag and his uh, rifle case into the back where the workers work mm-hmm. to secure it altogether. You can see that there's all sorts of stuff back there, including um, what look like some fairly large canvas tents. Um, So sleeping arrangements are taken care of once you get out of the cities. Okay. All right, so Rocco's going to drive. Who's going to sit up front with him? Uh, I can sit up front because she's not good at navigating. Lydia is. So... Well, we're we're not like we're following. Right? We are going to be following Larkin's truck. I don't think that's going to be too important in the moment, but yeah, fair enough. So you Rocky, you get behind Rocco. What's that? I could cozy up with Rocco. Come on, get close, get over here. So Elaine, Michael, and Jackson will pile into the back seat. It's not Arlene can sit up front with us. You're not especially cramped, but <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's going to be a long ride. And, you, you know, you, you know, when you're sitting too close to someone, you, you're annoyed that your knees are touching or things like that. Yeah. that it, it might get a little, <laughs> a little close. But Rocco, you, you get behind the wheel and it's got a big, you know, like a bus wheel down like this. You've got a, a big shifter that goes to the floor. This is uh, 
This is a big oh, yeah. heavy machine. Oh yeah, we used to run these off the docks every so often. It's not so hard. So once the trucks are loaded and everyone's piled in, you start them up. Boom. Big belch of smoke out the back. And you head out. You don't need to make a drive roll at this point. It's fairly simple. Navigating through the streets of Lima, uh, following Larkin's truck. Uh, you all head out of the city and begin to make your way down the coast. Make my way. As you... <laughs> As you travel, um, the the sights begin to get more and more rural as you head out of the city. Uh, you head past fishing villages. You head through wooded areas. You see lots of um, fields begin to appear around you. And eventually, after several hours of travel, your route begins to turn inland. And um, you start to head up into some hilly areas. And you can see up ahead of you, uh, the forest gets thicker around, and well off in the distance are the misty shapes of mountains shrouded by clouds. Uh, you can make stops as you go occasionally, uh, bathroom breaks, uh, maybe stop for a packed lunch on the way. But as the day winds into evening, um, the truck in front of you comes to a stop. Uh, on a fairly narrow dirt track that is heading through um, a wide, a rocky field. There are like large boulders kind of sticking out of the ground here and there. And off to your right, there's a very heavily wooded area. And the truck comes to a complete unexpected stop. You pull in behind it and the, the truck behind you stops. And up ahead, the door of the truck opens and Luis de Mendoza steps out and sort of stands himself up straight and maybe just cracks his back as he's standing. And you see around the front of the truck a man walking dressed like a Peruvian farmer. Uh, he's got sort of a wide-brimmed hat and a, uh, like a very colorful poncho with um, all sorts of colors and patterns woven into it with a walking stick. And as he walks through, um, he tips his hat toward Mendoza. Mendoza says a, says a few words to him. And the man answers back. And then behind the man, you start to see this herd of alpaca coming. They're crossing the road right in front of the trucks. Llamas! After a little ways walking along with the alpaca, there's a teenage boy. And you notice that De Mendoza pays a little more attention to him and watches him as he goes. And then following up the rear, there's a much younger boy kind of skipping and running along. And Mendoza, again, pays very special attention to him coming by. The herd actually comes by your truck and heads off into the wooded area. The farmer tips his hat toward you again. Uh, the teenage boy kind of gives you a wave. And the young boy just has a beaming smile on his face. And he's just waving at your truck as he goes by. <laughs> De Mendoza watches them as they go. And then he catches your eye, possibly watching him. He spits on the ground and then begins walking back toward your truck. <laughs> it's a successful luck roll. I don't know what that was for. Uh, it was Michael Harris saying something funny. 
on Roll20. Oh, oh, there's words. I didn't even see that. They are going to die. Nice. I just didn't want to interrupt anything. <laughs> That's all right. So do you sit in your truck and wait for Mendoza to approach, or do you get out to meet yes. him? Yes. I don't coming? get out. He's coming back to your truck, presumably to talk okay. to you. I'll sit and wait. I want him to think that he's got the big boy pants on. He comes up and motions for you to roll down the window. Oh, yes. You're mm-hmm. in the back. You're in the back seat, Elaine. Oh, okay. Lydia's in the front. Lydia's in the front. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, follow first truck. We are camping here. Pull off the road. And he turns around and walks back. Whatever you say, boss. I guess this is where we're bunking up for tonight. Does he get back in the truck? No, he walks ahead of the truck. And ah. the truck sort of follows him off to a little flat area alongside the road. Mm-hmm. Cool. You want to pull off behind them there, Rocco? Rocco? I'm Are you going to pull off what? behind the first truck? You gonna follow yes, them? I am. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the third truck follows you, obviously. So all the trucks park in this little field and the workers get out and they begin uh, unloading um, Larkin's truck first. And you can see that they take out all sorts of stuff and they assemble this rather large canvas tent. It's sort of an elaborate affair and it takes them a while to get it up. Um, And I guess Jackson gets out and starts unloading some of your things from your truck too. I don't know if all of you. Oh, help pitch in. Yeah. But after yeah. the after Larkin's tent is assembled, you notice the workers are beginning to take like actual furniture out of the back of the truck. They oh, bring boy, out like a large that? oriental rug, uh, like a chest of drawers, a desk and a chair, even like a, a a framed bed. And they even bring out like a, a cast iron, a small coal uh um stove. Mm-hmm. And they begin taking all of these Lydia's things. Lydia's checking what time it is and is like, I thought we were just going to be here at night. <clears throat> yeah. So they assemble this very elaborate tent for him. And you guys find that you have two much smaller canvas tents in the back of your truck. Mm-hmm. And it didn't maybe take you a little while to figure out how to set them up, but it's not that complicated. And the workers then, after they finish with Larkin's tent, set up their own tent. It's it's similar to the ones that you guys have. But you're going to have to use just bed rolls and sleep on the ground. You don't have any actual furniture for yours or anything. But once must, that's done, the workers... Must be that? nice. Must be freaking nice. Once must that's done, the workers nice. set up a little fire sort of in inside the, the circle of the tents and begin cooking some dinner. And um, you're free to sort of distribute yourselves among the tents if you want to, or decide how you're going to spend the night. Larkin has gone into his tent, and you don't see him again, but De Mendoza is sort of just wandering around outside of Larkin's tent, looking around the area. I don't like it. 
you you don't you don't like it you said i just he's he's sus and i lydia has cannot trust that man as far as she can throw him so which maybe is not very far maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to keep a watch through the night maybe some of us could stay up and yeah i was kind of thinking turns. that also hi yeah all up for that yep let's do mm-hmm. it Also, just confirming, Lydia already did distribute the weird little, like, cross... You said you were going to. holy symbols. Yeah. So anybody that wanted to take one from Lydia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It can't hurt any of us. I don't know if it has any effects, but, you know, you never know. Thanks, Lydia. Very thoughtful. So kind. What's he hiding under that wide brim hat? I mean, he's not a very pleasant individual, so maybe he's just hiding under it. Hmm. So not very attractive, is he? Well, I mean, I'm suspicious of white men and wide brimmed hats on the best of days, so. Because of Curious George? You know. Yes. Now, that was a yellow hat, though. <laughs> it, it just happens to be wide-brimmed. Mm, true. Color matters for the hats. Yellow is typically the color of friendship, at least in the language of flowers, so... True. I'm choosing... I, I mean, I have a lot of different questions about Curious George, so, you know, let's not get into it. <laughs> I've got these theories, man. I gotta talk about it, but not right now. It's all connected. You sit around the campfire and talk about it. Yeah, well, Curious oh, George. No. I don't want to go into a TED talk. Has Curious George been published yet? I was wondering that, too. I'm looking 19, it up. 1934. 34? Not oh. quite. No, no, that's where we are. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. oh yeah, he was, he was, it was 1939. Damn, Ooh, that's actually... Wow. Really close. I didn't realize it had gone that far back. The rise of Hitler and Curious George coincided. Oh my god. You guys, he has been voiced by Frank Welker since 2006. That man does everything. Mm -hmm. Frank is on all the tracks. Frank is on all the tracks. Tracks. So how are you going to split up the, uh, the bunk? the bunking for the night i'm pretty uh observant so i think oh wait bunking not watch shift. well your watch it. yeah that's certainly worth discussing as well I'm, i'll definitely take a shift i'll take a shift uh i'd be happy to take a shift with lydia yeah i'm pretty okay. observant but i like your company okay let's talk about weird shit and see if we can spot weird shit it's the best yeah. As, as night falls, um, it gets darker than you're used to it being for, for quite some time. The sky is just filled with a brilliant array of stars that it's been a long time since you've seen the night sky without city lights around. Uh, the temperature lowers a little bit. It's, it's nice sitting around the fire, perhaps, uh, but certainly not freezing yet. You're, you're going to be okay for at least the time being. 
Um, who's taking first watch? I'll take Elaine. second. Michael went second. Elaine and Lydia are a joint group, and then I'm assuming Rocco would do one and Jackson would do one. So that's two hours each. Yeah, I mean, we'll just go in however many shifts you want to break that up into. Okay. Okay. Um, Elaine and Lydia, are you going to just sort of listen from inside the tent? Are you going to sit out around the fire or are you going to sort of move away from the fire and watch from the darkness? I feel like being next to the fire would hinder our vision because we'd be like... I was thinking the same thing. Right thing. Cool. <laughs> so I would say not in the tent and away from the fire. Okay. But not so far away. Like maybe yeah. just Ten enough feet. to... Yeah, at most. I mean, it's... We want to keep our night vision sharp. I and... imagine that the tents probably ring the fire pits that we made, so... Yeah, yeah. And the fire probably wouldn't still be necessarily going. And we would be quiet, be like actually. embers, yeah. So that we don't cause any alarm from the other tent residents. Oh, yes, we wouldn't want to hassle the other tent. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking if Louis oh, no, no, knows us. Yeah, yeah. Why no, are no, they no. Not? Uh, mm -hmm. I will bring out our little my little rat friend with us, okay. so that um, well. she can potentially help us. So as you moved through uh, the evening into night, you never did catch sight of Larkin again, and Damon Doza just sort of vanished at some point. You didn't see him again. The workers, after cooking dinner and sitting around and bullshitting for a while, perhaps sharing a bottle, um, retired to their tent. So Elaine and Lydia, you find yourselves, from what you can tell, alone. Move away from the fire to keep your watch. Uh, go ahead and both of you give me a spot hidden and a listen roll. So question, I would like to make a spot hidden roll, but I don't know if I need to make two to double check that we are alone and everyone's in bed. Or if I just need to make one for that. Because I would imagine it would encapsulate that. Is it? Um, that would require no. walking around the area probably to make sure that nobody's outside of their tents if you wanted to do that. Okay. Um, or if you just want to observe from where you are. I'll just observe from where I am. So here's my spot hidden. I get a bonus die. That's worse. Still passing. Um... Oops, sorry, baby. And then and you get a success on the spot hidden. Listen is a regular success as well. Okay. It's around midnight, and you hear the faint crackling of the fire from a few feet away. You hear the soft snoring of at least one of the workers, and as you're paying attention to things, you. Hear the snap of a twig from somewhere off near Larkin's tent. Elaine hears it. I snap my head that direction. Draws your that? attention. Lydia <clears throat> follows your gaze. And at this point, your eyes have adjusted 
somewhat to the darkness, given the, the brightness of the stars overhead. And you do see the dark shape of someone moving away from Larkin's tent toward the wooded area off to the side of the road. Were Larkin and Luis de Mendoza bunking together? Yes. Um, so... I forget. Do we have torches? Like um, flashlights? Yes. Okay. In addition to all the supplies that you bought, there are going to be certain supplies that the expedition was stocked with as well. So it's very okay. possible that things that you don't have might be there. I'm going to whip out my uh, heat scanner. Okay. Um, What's the range on that? We don't have a range. Infinite. <laughs> Lydia's yeah. just going to turn on her flashlight and <clears throat> shine towards it. Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's one way to go about it, I guess. So you're shining it in the direction of the shape that you saw? I'm shining it on the shape, yeah. Okay. It... Mm. Let's see. Let's see. Make a... Let me figure out what I want from you here. What do you want from me? Good oh, rolls. Yeah. When do we want those rolls? Right now. Make a sleight of hand roll. And we'll oh. get the flashlight, turn it on, and point it in the direction. You can spend 10 luck points. You know what? I'm going to do it. Subtract 10 luck points. Turning a failure into a success. Your light catches just the back edge of a person's clothing as they move into the trees. And you recognize the clothing as Luis de Mendoza. Mr. Mendoza, what are you doing? You call out? I do. No it's answer. not safe there. And remind me, is Mr. Mendoza is the sick one or his assistant? No, Mendoza yeah. is the assistant. Oh, we think might be a vampire. Gotcha. Okay. Um, he doesn't answer. Lydia stands up and walks towards him. Okay. Elaine follows. She has unholstered her. She she took the snap off of her gun holster for sure, but okay. so far is just assuming he's out to like take a leak or something, but being on watch in an unfamiliar place, she is not afraid of disturbing the act. So you come up to the edge of the woods where you saw him disappear. And are you then looking into the woods to see if you can spot him? I'm shining my light out there trying to find him. Okay, make a spot hidden. She's going to go kill some boys. We don't need to know that. 
Yeah, I kind of want to know if he's going to kill those boys. Yeah, so your light scans the area, but there is no sign of him. Let me use my heat scanner. Okay. <laughs> it makes that sound when you pull it out. Yeah, it does. Just reverberates through the woods. <laughs> like the <laughs> the bushes like rustle. <laughs> so that's a mechanical repair roll first? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, it's a heat scanner. It specifically says that. So who knows if this is going to work. But mechanical repair determines how good of success I need on the spot hidden to follow. Okay. Not gonna have any body heat, Haley. I'm just <laughs> trying. We don't actually know that, and I get a bonus die. Hard success. Hell yeah. Uh, that's worse. Mm -hmm. And so a hard success means you just need a regular success, right? I'm double checking. Just to be oh no. Sure. Extreme success means regular spot hidden. You need a hard success on spot hidden. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What do we got? We got a regular success. Uh oh. 51 Bonus die. Two. Hey, let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. So you, you pull out your heat scanner and turn it on. Um, the only thing that registers is. Maybe some shapes moving in the underbrush directly in front of you. Maybe some sort of night rodent moving through the fallen debris. Nothing's registering. He's cold-blooded. This confirms it. Ah, jeez. Lydia just kind of like... <laughs> Can I look out for him myself? Just with your eyes? With, uh, I, can I or use my own flashlight and look for him? Yeah, I mean, Lydia just did that, but go ahead. Well, what if I got a higher success? I don't know. Oh! Nice. So it's a Same result, though. Extreme. Okay. Yeah, your, your light scans the trees, but you see no sign of them. I just thought I'd take to it be fair, there. I mean, the woods get fair. pretty thick pretty quickly. <clears throat> and a lot of these rock formations that stick up in the field around you are in the woods as well throughout it. So, Okay. Good to know. You don't see anything either, do you? No, but now that I'm thinking about it, he could be warm-blooded and there might just be too much vegetation and rocks. Well, regarding what I'm reading. He Did might you see how he was looking at those boys with the alpacas? Yeah, it was like <clears throat> hunger. I don't, I don't care for it. Can I make a past psychology roll? I did go kind of fast through that section. So if you want to sort of gauge what you think he was thinking when he was watching them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll allow that. Regular success, 48 out of 55. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a look uh, of hunger that he watched. All three of them, really, but his attention became almost predatory um, 
like as as the boys went by. Uh, not in a creepy. Well, yeah, I guess it is creepy, but in a well, you know what I'm <laughs> but not in a creepy I've, way. <laughs> I've painted myself into a corner. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I do. I do. Um, Vampirically. Yeah. There was there was hunger. Not there. lustfully or anything. Right. Else. Well, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> we don't really know. Anyway, yeah. it was um, bad. It was not good. So the way I said what I said was right. I was like saying that and I'm like, I don't actually know if that's how he looked. Um, anyway. It so, was very yeah. disturbing. It bothered you. Yeah, just watching him, he looked hungry. Just staring at it and his hunger only got stronger as the younger the kids got, which is Yeah, no, I don't to know. I don't care for it. I wish I could warn them somehow, but I don't know. I think we're out of our depth. We're learning. Hopefully, whatever we can accomplish going forward will save more lives than those three. Because <sighs> we can go back and tell the crew. Yeah, I think go back to the fire. There's nothing. There's nothing doing. See if we can't get some rest. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. Um, so uh, are we back at the tent? Sure. So we'll go into the tent and I'll wake Michael up and Michael. Hey. Hey. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. um, we saw De Mendoza going out to the forest but lost track of him when he got into the brush so uh, I'm not sure when he'll be back mm -hmm. but just keep an eye out for him he was very quiet okay oh it's your turn for watch by the way that's what I figured mm -hmm. so I'm gonna try and sleep Beauty rest and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you just let him go, right? Didn't say anything? Just I fuck. didn't... Um, he... Lydia did say... Or call out to him. So he was aware that... Mm. Okay. Okay. Okay, got that. But she just said, Oh, where are you going? It's dangerous over there. Okay, yep. So. Also, it might be sketchy if he thinks we're keeping watch, so maybe we should try and... Look, there's wild animals. I imagine it's not that weird that someone's awake and just keeping watch, but I'm not going to be too overt about it, and I'm definitely not going to call attention to myself. Okay. That's fine. Okay, but yeah, you guys get some sleep. I'll take my shift. Thanks, buddy. So Michael's taking a shift by himself? Yep. <clears throat> Are you going to use a similar tactic? Kind of stay outside the, the ring of the fire a little bit? I'm probably going to stay at, like, the the entrance to my tent. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm gonna have the flap just open like a little bit so I can like look out of it, but I'm not gonna be like I'm gonna be in the in the tent, but gotcha. So um Okay, so the uh the glow of the fire might hinder your vision a bit in the darkness. Mm-hmm. From where you are. It's it's kind of like you said, it's kind of between the tents. So the flap is going to open toward the fire. So if you're mm-hmm. staying in the flap, um you can make a spot hidden roll, but with a um, penalty die. And okay. also a listen roll. Okay, so that's an 85 out of 105, and my penalty die. We take the worst roll of the two. Yeah. So it's still 85. Yeah, you're good. And then a listen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, success. success. 29 out of 47. So as you're on your watch, you also hear the faint snap of a twig directly off to the right of your tent. And looking in that direction, you see the sort of pale glow of two very large round eyes looking out of the woods at you. Like looking at me? Uh-huh. Does it like last more than a second? Yes. They're just they're there. Do they look inhuman? They're round. Like large, circular. Larger than a person's eyes would be. Okay. Like how much? Like the like the 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 glow of the firelight is catching and reflecting back in these eyes. Okay. I don't know. I guess I'll give like a little wave, but I won't do anything else. I'll just keep my. They don't move. They just seem to be observing you. How long do they persist? They don't seem to be inclined to go anywhere. Are you going to just keep sort of staring at them? I'm going to keep them at least in my peripheries, but... I probably don't have the nerves to just stare at them the whole time. Okay, as you look away, like they don't, they don't. It's they're not like flashlight beams, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you look away and look back, after a, a few times of that, you don't see them there anymore. Would I have some way of, like, having an inclination if this was natural or not natural? You could make a natural world roll. Oh, boy. I'd love to make a natural world roll. With my ten. Failure. Yeah. Given the things that you've seen, who knows where your mind would wander to upon seeing these glowing orbs in the night woods. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, I'm just going to be on edge and tired. Okay. It's a great mix. I love it. <laughs> the rest of your watch passes without event then. Okay. You said and the eyes were yellow, right? Well, the firelight was reflecting in them. Okay. So it's hard to judge what color they were. He didn't see the irises, you know, he saw the reflection from the retinas. So gotcha. Thank you. <clears throat> like would I have an approximation for like how big they seem? Like did they seem like this big? Or like, like an education role. Okay. Um education. Extreme success. If you had to guess, you would say about smaller than a golf ball, perhaps? Golf ball-ish sized? So, like, not that much bigger than human eyes. Right, but they were sort of strangely round. Yeah. And, like, wide. Like, if you had seen... Yeah. Like, like, like this. A human pupil is... Yeah, much smaller. This was like the the size of the pupil open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like fully exposed, right? Like so. And you didn't in the time that you were able to make yourself stare back at them. You didn't see any blinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, um. So who's next up in the order? Is Rocco taking third, or was Jackson? I think it was either or. Whoever you wake up. Okay. Well, I'll say, I'll say Jackson. I'll relay the information from the ship before and the fact that I saw something, just to let him know that De Mendoza is out, and we haven't seen him come back yet. And I saw something staring at me for a bit, and then it disappeared. So, so De Mendoza went out and f followed the farmer. You think? That can't be good. The way he was looking at those kids. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we I should. I don't want to think about it too much. I don't know what we can do I mean, without I I, sending everything I, sideways. I didn't see it, so I, I don't know. But maybe, maybe the ladies should have woken us up. Maybe we should have followed them. I. I think if we did that, we would have drastically changed the course of what's going to happen. Maybe for the better. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't Let's know. Hope those, those people are okay. All right. Oh, as for the eyes you saw, sounds like a jaguar to me. Yeah, maybe, but they're very common, um, especially with that alpaca farm nearby. Probably just curiosity, coming to see what this was all about. We're in his territory. Yeah. I'll mean, keep an eye open. Just, it's good to keep an eye out because I don't know, I know predators are about, but I don't know what predators there are. And, uh, well, except for Demondoza. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, I'm gonna pass out now. So Jackson heads out to sort of walk about the the tent for a bit outside 
um, if anybody stirs at all or in their sleep, you might um, catch the, the smell of him smoking a pipe as he's looking around. But he eventually comes back in and shakes Rocco awake. Rocco, hey, buddy. Getting on toward morning, buddy. It's your shift. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, I got it. Any, any, any spooky, scary things I should know about? I didn't see a thing. Um, Lydia and Elaine saw Damondoza leave his tent and head off into the woods. Mm. And uh, I think Michael saw a jaguar. Good night, buddy. Good night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is. Where's Roger going to take his watch from? This is a big. I'm gonna. He's gonna sit on top of the truck. He's gonna like sit on top of the. Or actually, he'll sit in the cab of the truck. Okay. And doors locked. Okay. <laughs> Just make a spot hidden roll for me then. Okay. Uh, Fifty-three out of eighty. Yeah. I got my hands on the lights and my hand on the horn just in case. So as the dawn begins to break over the horizon, you do catch a glimpse of the shape of someone coming out of the darkness of the woods near Larkin's tent oh and disappearing behind the tent. Ah, for Pete's sakes, of course there's some other more freaks out here. God damn it. Okay. Well... At least the sun is up. And at least they didn't come for us. Whoever's out in this godforsaken jungle is probably bled dry. Oof. Terrifying. I don't like it. So I guess Rocco's gonna kick open the door to the truck and go over and rustle everybody up. Hey, hey you mooks, it's it's sunrise. <laughs> No. Hey, hey, hey. Did you see hey. anything? Hey. Right. Is yeah. anybody dead? No one's dead, but there was something lurking around Larkin's tent. Mm. Humanoid creature-like thing. But, uh, yeah, whoever saw something go out definitely saw something go out. So there's something among us that ain't right. Gosh, what a surprise. Yeah, it's this world's full of fresh hells, isn't it? Just absolutely chock-a-block. Chock-a-block, dear Rocco. So, so, Elaine and Lydia saw Dave Mendoza go out. Rocco, you think you saw him come back? I mean, if they were right, their assumptions, then probably. I'm very sure that it was Dave Mendoza. I can't think of anybody else that looked like him. And then, weirdly, it couldn't find him. Hmm. Definitely not suspicious at all. No. Alright. Well, what do you say we get something to eat, get some coffee in us, break down the camp, and get ready to head out? Sounds yeah. great. Do we think now would be an okay time to call it? We're very close. So as you're doing this, um, the workers are up and they eat their breakfast and begin breaking down their tent. Um, 
intending to work on Larkin's tent next. But De Mendoza walks over to the campsite where you all are. And um, give me two spot hidden checks. I'll make okay. one. I'll make one. Okay. I'll let you. I got a regular success. Does he just have blood all fucking over him? I got a 43 out of 89. So a hard success. He does not have blood all over him. But he was <laughs> a very gaunt individual. Um, very, very oh, no. um, skinny, almost to the point of being emaciated. But you notice a very distinctive pot belly uh -huh. on him. His stomach is, is almost distended. Gross. And he says to you, Senor Arkin is not feeling well at the moment. We are going to head out later in the day. And that's where we'll start. Okay. Lydia's like, cool, I'm going back to bed. So Oops. we will pick up there next time. And maybe Dolores will suddenly return as well. I hope so. And that would be the 12th. Is that a April 12th? Okay. Yes. That's what we're um, shooting for. No? No. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> Haley. Haley's going to be out of town. Okay. Uh, I'll be driving back from the town five hours away. And okay. I just don't want to have a ticking clock because I'll be traveling. No worries. Shall but we shoot for April 19th? I could do April 5th if everyone's down. Does anybody want to try next Wednesday? I'm in. I'm okay for whenever. I think so. There might be a change to that declaration. That's okay. fine. So okay. I'm gonna, yeah. So we'll tentatively shoot for April 5th, and if not, we'll bump it to the, what did I say, 19th? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Okay, sounds good. But we do know we'll be right back here Monday night. Oh, sorry, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. If you what check happens on Sundays? On Sunday nights, barring any sort of electrical outages, fires, PC failures. All of these things could happen again, but if they don't, join us here at Dice Lore on Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for Subbasement 13, a chopping block podcast where Lee and I will discuss writing, illustrating comic books, talking about our lives, interesting things that we think are interesting that you might love too. And watch Lee construct the dark craft as he reaches back for issue two of our comic book in stores where you find fine keen spot products as well as online look at that oh my god a temporal rift in time has opened the book has shifted into Haley's hands it's a wet east to west coast miracle but join us then. you don't you don't happen to have one handy do you right I... oh wait Haley, okay Haley's right below me Haley put the comic book up hold your hand up above the screen oh. keep it but out of screen I'm going to hand it down to you. Pull it down. That didn't work at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm watching it on Twitch. <laughs> 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 that was a good one too.
Oh man, I don't have mine like handy. Oh, it's, it's right. so shiny. You could have the shiny one. You love how shiny it is. When it's in a board in a bag, it's even shinier. Hands off my shiny comic book. That's right. Look at them all. They're beautiful. All right. <laughs> and after we do that on Sunday, we'll be back here on Monday at yes. 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern with Baldur's Gate Eldritch Secrets on D&D uh, three-year campaign. Yeah. So, thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's find out what happens next time. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night. Bye.